It's a game that doesn't even deserve any sort of introduction here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I am your host, Jeffrey Pennerostro. So this is going to be a short one because there wasn't much to talk about in the Gillingham game. There's not much news. We have a one-match preview. I think we all barely remember this game happened. I did. We, so we took a bunch of Twitter questions because apparently this show needs to be long. Like I can't fill up 10 minutes talking about what cocktail I'm drinking, which I will get to in a second. I guess I will get to it now, actually. So the point is, one of these Twitter questions is about pizza, because, of course, the New York meetup is our penultimate show before the OAOA in New York. So pizza, as you know, is a very contentious topic on this podcast. But before we get to that, I'm going to introduce another contentious topic to the podcast, because I am drinking When Doves Fly. It's from uh, Blacktail, a very good uh, bar in New York City. And it's basically a gin sour. I had some leftover lemon juice from dinner and like half a lemon left. So I was about three quarters of an ounce, which is what the recipe called for. A little bit of falernum too. Uh, because it is a gin sour, it does have an egg white in it, which I know uh, Patty Jones is not a fan of. Patty, what are you drinking? Not a fan at all. Um, I am. Uh, it's quite good. It, need, it needs the body actually. Jeff, I'm glad you do come in for you with the preparation and, and good podcasts to talk about because if it was just me bringing my old-fashioned in every week, people literally turned out a long time ago. Uh, I've got an old-fashioned again. What's the whiskey? Same as last week. It's um, that Great Jones mm. New York whiskey. It's not great. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to lie about it. Own. Have you tried it by itself yet? Yeah, it's not yeah, good. Not good. Yeah. Also on the line in the great Northwest. It's Mike Lurin. Mike, uh, despite being raised by a Sunday school teacher, I have no idea if it's still uh, Lent or not. So what are you trying to take? Well, it's mixed because it is, but Lent wasn't really thought out very well this year. So um, I am drinking tonight. Um, it is still Lent though. Um, my wife, it is my birthday week and my wife said, hey, you're podcasting tonight. So I got you your favorite so this is plum as you are which is uh from two towns cider down in corvallis um i normally the plum uh drinks i normally think of with uh sushi and whatnot but um this is good it's not too syrupy and i like that it's plum and allspice it's that very sounds good. Delicious. It's, uh, sounds good yeah it's uh 17 ounces and it's eight uh, percent so <laughs> it's quite good so yeah but um if anyone's listening that matters Lint. It's okay. Still okay. Hey, We're good. Mike, he's always listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, are we talking about Lord H? <laughs> so for this episode... <laughs> Mike just spit out those nose. <laughs> uh, we'll do the Gillingham review. We'll cover the Wednesday news. We will answer your listener questions. We'll do the Cheltenham preview. But we will start with the Gillingham review. Uh, my thumbs up. I know we don't usually start with me, but I'm going to set the tone because my thumbs up is, and I don't have one. I watched this game. I watched all 90 minutes. And that is 90 minutes of my, so I, actually I do have a thumbs up. I do have a thumbs up. We're getting into baseball season now, very soon. And I'll be uh, opening weekend or well, the minor league season. I'll be behind home plate. It's always very cold. Those games can kind of drag on. Like you go to a baseball game, you never know how long it's going to be be two and a half hours it can be four and a half hours there's no clock the nice thing about soccer no matter how bad the game is it's always only two hours so it was only two hours of my life i will never get back that is my thumbs up 
it felt like about I've seen to you earlier, but none of us could remember what happened. Mm. And it, when you said it was this, I looked at my notes. I know this can't be the game that I'm reviewing today because this was three weeks ago at least. <laughs> yeah. And I I thought it was a one-one game, and I was trying to remember the score. <laughs> this yeah. is how memorable this game was. But yeah. when I started looking at my notes, I remember how frustrated I was when I was watching this game because it was we predicted it right last last week. We spoke about a six-nil win. Mm-hmm. That was last week. And we're back here, and it feels like a year has passed since then. Yeah, and it's the same old shit. We get excited about a good performance, and we can't follow it up with anything else. And that's what was frustrating. It was like a different team. Um, but you wanted my up, is right? It, is it though? Is it different? <laughs> no, that's what's even worse, Mike. It's not a different team. It's the same it's, fucking team. It's October twenty twenty one. It's the same club. It's the same results. It's the same inconsistency. And that's what's frustrating. But your thumbs up is Bailey Peacock Farrell. It is, Jeff. I wanted to talk on about positive stuff before the negative stuff. Clean sheet. Uh, clean sheet. I uh, made the team of the week. Um, Not that Gillingham made... offered a ton going forward. <laughs> no, it didn't at all. But, I mean, there's some very... Um, they got probably the best chances of the game, uh, even though they didn't really finish them very well. Um, a couple of times they shot wide. Um we came. We, we kind of made a lot of errors in defense. So you needed someone back there, which is like they know what they're doing. And I think BPF did that uh, this week. Nothing outstanding. Nothing spectacular. Uh, it was just there to mop up any other thing that Julian yeah, can target. It's hard to find anything above six out of ten this week. So no, it wasn't. And the, uh, when you're struggling for things like that, I think it's good to know that you, your keepers got you back. Also, having Wednesdays back, Mike's thumbs up. The traveling support. My thumbs up is yeah, I mean, nobody fell off the temporary stand because that looked that, terrifying. That, that, that did look scary, but yeah, um, to anyone listening who was there, that's fantastic. It looked amazing on TV, um, especially in contrast to the empty bleachers around the rest of there. So um, yeah, that was that was fantastic to see. Um, I, I also had a, uh, a thumbs up. I am still happy to see Barry Bannon shooting from the outside. Um, I think I, I still think we have a great combo in midfield that frees him up to be a lot more creative. And uh, leave it at that. Yes, let's leave it at that and go right to the thumbs down. Uh, I guess we'll Can start- I say the, the away end reminded me of the open cop. You know, you've seen the old photos of Hillsborough yeah, yeah. without a roof it's on it. It's just like a hill. Yeah, It's like a hill with like bodies on it. Uh, I think that was the nostalgia factor that was yeah. that was really cool to see. Yeah. And now, that you, now that you could see seat. it because there was like a giant wall blocking the uh, camera when it panned over to that section. But... It was a cool, cool sight, and even though it must have been terrifying to stand on for 90 minutes. My thumbs down is, so we've had this great run-in, right? Everything opening up for Wednesday. And since we started talking about that, they've dropped seven points to Lincoln, Accrington, and Gillingham. And now they've got Wickham, MK Dons, and Pompey left out of their, I think it's eight remaining games. This is no longer an easy run-in. They have not taken care of business. And while I believe they still have a game in hand over most of the teams around them, they haven't really proved an ability to take those games by the scruff of the neck so far. But, okay, how many bad games... So I say, I don't say bad games. I don't, I'm not talking about the 0-0s and the 1-1s to relegation teams. How many games have we been completely blown off the field on? First Plymouth Football. game. Yeah, yeah Plymouth, Rotherham, Sunderland. Sunderland, Rotherham. Yeah. So, 
But we've, other than that, we've been competitive with these teams that are around us. Mike, it's League One. I, got it. I know. I know. I know. It's it's all depressing. Right. We are League One. So. Yeah. No, I mean, if you look at the teams that have like you know the top towards the top table, Wigan, MK Dons, the aforementioned Rotherham. There's. Yeah. I think you look up and down their squads. The the squads are not as good as. I mean, Wednesdays now. Obviously, Wednesday has had fitness issues throughout the season. And brought in not a lot of new players on top of that, but yeah, it's there's no reason they shouldn't be like third or like just from this run in. There's no reason they shouldn't be third or fourth right now. You know, Lincoln City. I think you can write off fair dues. They played their guts out. These last two games against Accrington Stanley and Cheltenham have been or in Gillingham have been winnable games. Uh, they didn't really offer a ton going forward. You know, they pressed a little. Both teams pressed them a little bit, but not in the same way Lincoln City did. They just were not able to sort of impose their will on them in the midfield or on the wings like they've uh, been able to do against teams like Burton and uh, Cambridge. Cambridge. Yeah. No, and that's what's worrying, right? The, mm-hmm. the family way to play against us that uh, is very easy to stop. And it's, it feels like half the league's caught on to this. There's, there's, I think there's, there's the, it's the teams that do the research that are not, mm-hmm. not necessarily good quality teams, but that can be well-organized and can stop us from scoring goals. It's when the teams uh, are better than us, like the ones in the top six, um, think they're going to continue to play their game without really paying as much attention. And I think that's when we play better and therefore win the games against the better, oppor- better opposition. The I mean, there's a lot of teams they can throw out, you know, slow it down, concede possession, two banks of four, tall guys up front and the back line, strong enough in midfield to Harry Bannon and, and Byers. I thought Byers, like, I, I know why he got subbed off. He did not have a good game. It was a weird substitution, but the subs in general, I don't think really, I don't know what the actual idea behind them was but that's neither here nor there they're vulnerable to teams that play this way um and look uh, they'll win one nil and two one against these teams and it will not be pretty um and they're very capable of uh, slipping up and the problem is they put themselves in a situation now where they really can't be dropping points to these teams if they want to make the playoffs well the problem is we can't have a draw can't be nil nil or one one and 10 minutes left to go and give up set pieces Mm -hmm. Because that that's up for grabs. Then 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 we're then we're really vulnerable. Um, I guess kind of segueing into my talking point though, Alex Miller had a good article about just some of those recent stats. He says in our recent wins and Wednesday's recent wins, they've had about fifty five percent possession. But then in these two draws, it's been a, like you know, up in the sixties. I think it was sixty seven percent possession over this last week. So it's just it's it, yeah, it's ludicrous that the other teams are just sitting back waiting for them to come and taking their chances and they don't really have that player that can unlock a defense like that right now um what they do it's called by bannon but, but bannon's not gonna like bannon's gotta be able like bannon's game so the two things bannon does really well is that that early hollywood ball but if there's eight guys already behind the ball at that point or behind in, in their own half it's gonna be tough to pick out the runner down the wing the other thing he can do is sort of, you know, move the ball around outside the 18-yard box and try to pick a little little through ball here and there. And he did try to do that, but he's really at their best when he can hit them quickly, when he can hit quickly in transition. And 
neither I mean Action Stanley was pressing up against them and Jillian were dropping back and really not giving him those passing lanes I didn't th- I thought Bannon had a fine game uh, I thought he was the best of the the players in the midfield but there wasn't really there wasn't really much in that game period and I think well, that was by design yeah but I, I, my, my frustration is that we have got players that can can unlock a defense like Marvin Johnson's been great this season Longo's been good this season at putting those passes through but I mean you uh, can you can put two people on Marvin Johnson you've got eight behind the ball and shut him down either try to step in and cut off the yeah. pass or just just clog him up basically down the channel yeah, and look, it's, uh, it wasn't a good one. I, I'm just frustrated because these are the players that can look like world beaters one week and then draw to Gillingham the next week. Uh, I think my kind of like um, thumbs down there was, again, it's echoing what I said last week. It's uh, the tinkering at the Akron Stallion, like the, not picking the same first 11, bringing in uh, Dun- Dunkley for your offer, who apparently had a bit of a knock and wanted to, he was being very, very careful. I and mean, we've, we've kind of applauded the start of the season, but it's getting a bit frustrating now, isn't it? Yeah. When we well, think, think we've got the, the... the co-commentator did this several times, especially in the first half hour, so that Dunkley and Story, Story had clearly never played together before because they were going yeah. for the same ball and running into each yeah. other, and you know, a lot of uh, Chillingham's really opportunities came from that, such as they were. And his distribution was poor as well from Dunkley. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I put in halfway through, the, uh, I think it was the first half, he was still winning everything, just it was yeah. winning um, Story's balls as well as his own. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he didn't have a great game, but also it's the tinkering brought in Patterson for uh, Berahino from the week before too. Um, we know that Berahino can't play for 90 minutes, but still I would prefer to start him. He's got his confidence up. And now we're going to lose him for a week because he's out to uh, his international um, uh, games with Burundi. So it's, it's frustrating we're not going to have him in the run of uh, run of sides, right? And the run of games. It's, uh... Yeah, and they don't exactly have a ton of... Uh, I guess Nathaniel Mendes-Lang is back in the squad. You can do that as a thumbs up, too. They, they could certainly play him as a as a second striker. You know, Windass back in contention, too, apparently. Don't know how is. back, too, yeah. So they have they do at least have some some options to fill in that second striker role behind Gregory, who I assume will be be first choice up front at the at the weekend. Well, let me ask you guys, what's the minimum number of games you would want a starting 11 to play with, assuming we're heading into playoffs? I mean, um, they have a very crowded fixture schedule coming up, uh, right. obviously, but is it like eight games in six weeks or something like that. But it should be starting the same team as if you can, injury permitting, every single game. Yeah, I think at this, this point, point you got it, but you got to pick who you're. Your, like you got to look at who your Wembley eleven are, right? I know it's putting the cart before the horse. But that's got to be the idea because you want to get there, right? Like who are you gonna? Who would you start at Wembley tomorrow to go up? And that's got to be. And like, look, I'm not saying you can't change things tactically as results dictate down the stretch. Like if you need to grind out some results or some draws the last few weeks against better teams, you can you can move things around if you have to. Once you get once you get into a playoff spot and put some distance behind you, they've not been able to do that, right? So I think it has to be, you just have to go roll the dice. You gotta roll the, and not even roll the dice, right? You just gotta, if somebody, if somebody starts to wear down, needs to be stubbed off at 60 minutes or picks up a knock and you want to be a little more cautious with them, fine. That's with given the credit fixture schedule or that's fine. But otherwise you've got to decide who that, starting 11 is and just roll with them 
What what are we saving them for? There's eight games yeah. left. Potentially, yeah. potentially eleven this is games. Playoffs. Left. Yeah, this yeah. is the playoffs. Fucking play them. It's honestly, it's frustrating me a little bit now. And look, we've still got it's all, it's all in our hands still. Um, I don't think he's going to change drastically. He's still going to tinker, I think, back and forth. And clearly, we're going to have injuries still for the rest of the season. But still, you've got to try and keep. You've got to reward the people that played well, and won a game, and keep them in the first uh, first eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't do that this week. That's why we've drawn after we're winning 6-0. We will spend no more time on that draw. We will instead take a break, come back to the Wednesday news, we'll answer your questions, and we'll preview Cheltenham and Town. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Uh, as mentioned in the first part of the show, Saito Berahino has been called up for Burundi with two upcoming friendlies during the international break. That's not actually a break because Wednesday are in League One. I know there's been some like grousing about this on Wednesday Twitter because not there's a lack of things to grouse about, and I get it in a way. Uh, it's you know it's obviously inconvenient for the club. These are friendlies, but I, my my point of view on it's simply that you know as a as a player, you never know when you're going to get your international opportunities, and you just have to take them. And obviously, you know, I don't know how often Berahino has been called up in recent years. Obviously, he's dealt with uh, fitness issues and stuff like that. So, I get him wanting to get uh, wanting to get back in the Burundi squad. Along those lines, uh, Billy Peacock Farrell has been was. It's it's confusing to me. He's in the Northern Ireland squad, but he's be allowed to play this weekend and then join them. Yeah, I, I don't know whether they asked for that um, kind of uh, situation or whether they were just said that we'll bring him later. It's fine. Mm. I'm assuming that the club asked to keep him here. Yeah, I and mean, I assume these are friendlies too. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's Nations League or whatever. I don't know. I do not keep. Although we have a, a Twitter question about it, I do not keep particularly close tabs on international football but with Berahino out uh Josh Windass might be back in he's been in training he's in contention for selection at Cheltenham I suspect you really see him on the bench maybe he'll get 20 minutes at the end um last time he came back off the bench from injury he scored a couple of big goals so I hope that will not be needed at the weekend but that might be an opportunity also for Cheltenham uh the 300th appearance for Barry Bannon in Sheffield Wednesday Colors. Uh, I did the Wednesday week last week and the topic of Bannon came up and I was not, I was not called upon. They're much more, they're much more organized than we are. We're just, people just talk and then eventually stop talking and then someone else starts talking. But uh, I was going to bring up that, uh, you know, we as a podcast have been probably pretty hard on Bannon this year, especially in the, in the first half of the season. But I do think it does come from a place of love. Like, I think the expectation was with him coming down with the team to League One, he was just going to dominate this level. And he didn't really do that in the second half. He was kind of playing a deeper pivot position that didn't really suit him. And he was playing alongside uh, central midfielders that didn't really suit him. And it really just took a while for the team to sort of find its shape. Uh, You know, really since Byers and Luongo have been both fit and back in the squad, I mean, he's looked like the best player in the league, so... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you can't really complain at the moment. That's the part where fans. someone else starts talking, Patty. Oh, <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> no, I think since Luongo's back, like I said earlier, I'm happy to see him getting a little more creative with the outside shots. And I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with what he's got. Anyway, who do we think is going to win the Patterson-Bannon goal-scoring competition? I think Bannon's too up right now. Yeah, I think that's a question we have from Twitter. Oh, is it? All right. I might, am I jumping ahead? Well, we only have one other <laughs> thing. I, I thought I looked at these. Um, we only have one other bit of news for this segment, and that is the Easter weekend fixtures have been changed. Uh, what's it? Originally, it was going to be like Friday at, at 10 a.m. here or 3 p.m. there. I think it was Friday, Monday, and now it's Saturday, Tuesday. Is that right, yeah, Patty? So, Patty, is that the norm? Patty, what's the normal for uh, Easter weekend? Because yeah. here in the states, we get nothing off. Yes, yeah, why it's, it's, it's way better for us. This is this this exchange. The only people are happy about this people in America mm-hmm. because it would have been on our Friday and Monday mornings at ten o'clock <laughs> in the morning, which is obviously we don't have off Friday, Monday. But in England, it's a big uh, holiday. It's Easter, Easter weekend. Um, but yes, uh, now it's on Saturday afternoon at 12.45 our time. Um, I thought it was 2.45. Mm-hmm. That was a late kickoff. 2.45. It's late. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. yeah, it's, it it's is. Yeah, it That's is what they were, com- like, they were complaining because they can't get back from MK. Like, I assume the, the trains just don't run at MK Don's past like 9 p.m. or something. Well, it's not only that, but for Easter weekend, I guess they shut mm. down and do a lot of, trail, a lot of uh, rail repairs. What, sure. Uh, with our vast mass transit knowledge of what goes on in Europe. <laughs> Um, you ever had a 2.45 Saturday kickoff? Anyone yeah, coming over so, from England is going to get a real surprise about weekend service on the New York subway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that is 11.45. That is a late brunch or early lunch on the West Coast. Yeah. So let's uh, let's make it happen, people. Come on. Yeah, certainly get in touch if uh, you want our meeting. will be on ESPN Plus, so you can go to yeah. your local sports bar. Um, we'd love to get people out on this. It's been a very quiet season for support groups. Um, so... And that's Certainly. probably going to be a very big match, too. Huge match. <laughs> so I'm looking at Florida. Obviously, the New Orleans will get involved. Paul and Mike's get involved. There's uh, some other people in Cascadia, right? Or else yeah, so about? we have a couple of guys in Vancouver who are interested. I'm trying to get some guys up in Victoria, which is near Vancouver, but across a ferry trip away. But yeah. Um, and LA have been making noises recently, too. I think my, I'm going to try and nudge the LA groups to get into gear as well. So. Uh, if you are uh, in a big city or if you're just on your own, give it a shout. You haven't put your already. I mean, yes, this is this is League One and this is MK Dons, but really the stars haven't aligned for us like this since the uh, <laughs> the Chelsea FA Cup game. Right, you're not going to get a 2:45 Eastern kickoff on an 11:45 kickoff on a Saturday, mm-hmm. probably for a very long time. <clears throat> so let's head to the listener questions from at Daliam Wolf. Ah. Liam oh. Wolf is actually that Papa Oh, the Liam Wolf. Yeah, anyway, gotcha. Sorry, <laughs> you got to put spaces in here for me, Patty. The, top the Twitter three, handle. The top, sure. The top three guys in the team you want to get a drink with. Top three guys that we want to get a drink with. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I got my. So I am gonna go. My easy two is 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 Hutch and uh, Palmer, just because they've been around so long. Mm. You know, and wouldn't want to hear. Um. Uh, Buyer seems like a lot of fun from his Twitter takeover. Yeah. Your third, Mike. You know, my my knee-jerk reaction is Callum Patterson because it seems like a lot of fun, <laughs> but no, I, I'm not that guy, so I would probably go for one of the dads on the team, like Ben or Luongo, you know, one of the dads. dads. Or I'm, a dad, I'm a dad chat. Mm. I, I am that guy. I want to go with Callum Patterson for a drink. Uh, yeah. This is my number one with a bullet. 
I think I'd take Bannon to get some stories. He's been in the club for so long now. Uh, obviously, uh, massive respect for him too. Um, I try to. I don't want to pick the same one as you because I would obviously try to pick Hutchinson as well. Um, I think it might have to be Hutchinson. He's, he's a good chatter, isn't he? Hutchinson, Bannon and Patterson for the right. bants and the chats. <laughs> I already said uh, I already said George Byers, so I'm sticking with him. He seems like uh, he seems like he'd be fun. Oh, I'm not raising. He's like oh, these guys are 15 years younger than me. I should never go out drinking with people 15 years exactly. younger than me. Never, never end. Welcome well. to my life. Welcome to me at away away. Um, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I would. Uh, I guess tough. A lot. Of, I think a lot of the good ones have been. I've been taking. Hey, Dunkley, I think might be a good. Last. I thought about Dunkley. Yeah, Dunkley seems like he's uh he's got that kind of. I think there's a certain charm for like a long time. I know Dunkley's played in the Premier League, but like a sort of a long time second, third tier player. You've just seen a lot and done a lot. So it looks like a good. Tend not to have a ton of ego either. Yeah, good dressing room guy. Mm. Everyone raves about him as being a leader. Yeah. Um, and then I want to go with. Uh, I'm go with Marvin Johnson. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Because he's so quiet. You don't really know what he's about. You want to get to know him more. I get to know Marvin Johnson. I like. I, he's had a kind of an interesting career too. If you look at it. Yeah. He's been around. I mean, he's yeah. like come up through the. I mean, he's like come up through the like non-league and stuff like that. So. And he's a little bit older, so maybe I could actually like. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I don't think we really got to the uh, core of what this guy wanted. We got to piss him. No, I want a nice chat with Marvin Johnson. Nice chat with Marvin Johnson. Crack a bottle of uh, Pinot Noir and <laughs> oh, dear. some I mean, tapas. Yeah, the some people tapas. of the podcast are not going to no. think we're going to go. No. going to last with the pass. I get like three, like forty Jack plus. Uh, I mean, I'm still thirty nine for another six weeks or so, but <laughs> otherwise, uh, yeah. Uh, from at North York's Owls. Who should get a new contract at the end of the season? Patty. Or, I was actually Mike. Thank you for putting in who's actually out of contract. It wasn't me. It was Patty. Yeah, well, it has your little Mr. name. Mr. Organized. It, so, yeah, he, he put up the. Uh... I can tell you, I've read it already. I've got it. I've got it up. Um, so, a lot of these are loanee players, but the loanee players are also out of contract, so I assume. Does this matter where we're playing next year? I mean, definitely it definitely matters, but in, yeah. um, go ahead, list them off, Patty. Uh, right, so Joe Wildsmith. So they took contract. I, I assume he's going to go where he can get first team playing time, will be the starting goalkeeper. And I think he'll find somewhere that's not Wednesday, probably. But I think he's bye bye. He's bye had a weird Jeff. season, too, right? Because we haven't done much in the Cups, so he hasn't gotten opportunities to even sort of show what he can do. I don't know if he's been playing with the under-23s. I don't think he has, really. No, he's just been on the bench, I think. Mm. Uh, next one, Shay Dunkley. Oh, I think you have to bring him back. Really? Is he your record? What do you think, Mike? I don't know. I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about our best 11, but... I don't think he can. I think trust him. him. He's too um, injury-prone. Um, next one is... Uh, Oh, a sponsor, Liam Palmer, our contracts. Surely you've got to bring assume, him back. I assume he'll get re-signed, yeah. Yeah. Automatic renewal. It's like my um, my Spotify. Just keeps renewing over and over again. Yeah. Um, next one up, Sam Hutchinson, 32 years old. He's, he's one of the 
I mean, he's when healthy, he's been yeah. first name in the back three. I mean, he's been great. Uh, and you know, he playing center back. I think he's uh, three his, next season. He can extend his career by a few more years playing center back. I'm pretty sure. He's still pretty right. pacey. Yeah, he's relatively speaking. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we should keep him too. Another year, one more year. Uh, Massimo Luango. Yeah, absolutely. Just whatever you have <laughs> yeah. to do. Oh I know he's going to play 27 games out of the 46, but he's so good. And he just he allows them to play the way they want to play, I think. I think he's very integral to the way Darren Moore wants to set up and play. And we know he can do a job in the championship, too. So. I'm sorry. I'm totally distracted by the picture of 12-year-old Barry Bannon on here. <laughs> They use that a lot. I think it's just stock photos yeah. from like when he was like Aston Villa, wasn't it? When he was really yeah. young. Still has got a full head of hair though. Um, next one up is Callum Patterson. Twenty-seven years old, Callum Patterson doesn't look a day before. This, this is a tricky. This is a tricky one, actually. Um, I feel like I will say yes, but I think he's going to find a better situation for him outside of Wednesday. I give him a yes on his versatility. Um, I would to... say bye-bye, Callum Patterson. Yeah. Well, but as we know, you've never liked Callum Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except you want to have a drink with him. So. I'll, yeah. I'll say this. If we're, in league, well, if, we're in league, if we're in League One... And he can't find a like a championship job. I would take him absolutely. I think I think healthy he can do a a real job at this level when they're not playing him at center back or wing back or whatever. All right. I think the last one on the list is Saido Berahino. Obviously got a one year contract. Yeah, twenty eight uh, years old, Saido. I would absolutely resign him. I expect he is going to uh, find him. I mean, if he plays like this the rest of the season, he's going to find either uh, he's going to find a high level championship gig probably. No, he's got to repay Moore's faith in him, surely. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. There's, there's some, there's some fairy tale here where he comes back next yeah. year. And next year is his big breakthrough. Could be. Give him a year of being shit. He deserves to give a year of being good. That's it. That's everyone. Most, yeah. well, there's a few people in there that are blank, so they might have missed a few. But I was in there all the loans, which we'll talk about another time. But good, good yeah, question. Most of the loanees are out of contract uh, at the end of the season too. So. Good question from Simon Northrell. Uh, he did give us two questions. Um, the second one is way more important oh, yes. than that first one. What pizza place in New York should James Marriott visit when he's over? I will use as the general pizza guide for the meetups too, because or the national meetup, because I assume people are going to want to get some New York pizza. And I solicited some opinions. I tried to limit it to between Football Factory and the Financial District, which they were spending Friday night. So. If you want to go out of your way and go to Grimaldi's or uh, L&B Spumoni Gardens to get the the more esoteric of the New York slices, I'm not going to stop you, certainly. Um, I would highly recommend both those places. But if you are traveling in between uh, Lower Manhattan and the Football Factory, the three places that came up, there were two uh, There were two votes for Danino's in Greenwich Village, which is it's more of a sit-down place. It's kind of a very sort of a red sauce Italian place, but great pizza as well. For the more traditional New York slice, uh, Lombardi's is where you want to go. And uh, Prince Street Pizza, which is uh, actually, it's not an, it's a, it's, it's like the square, a little bit thicker crust. It's not deep dish or anything. Uh, but the Prince Street uh, pepperoni is considered one of the, one of the best slices you can get in the city. So 
be prepared to queue for about half an hour to get into that one. Yeah, I'll have that too. Uh, my recommendations are um, I like Champion for good, like cheap slice Champion mm-hmm. in Soho. Uh, if you're in Brooklyn, I just went to the industry yesterday, which mm-hmm. was featured on um, yeah. Foot That's Delicious, and that's really good too. From at Fox underscore Andy. Okay, guys, we seem to be getting players back just in time for the run in, but they probably aren't fully match fit yet. Name me Wednesday's best starting 11. <sighs> so I think we all agree on the midfield three and Hunt and. Well, yeah. Yeah, the midfield, the if we're playing a three, yeah, back, play so. a three, five. Let's play a three-five-two. That's what they're going to play. We know the five, and we know the middle five. I think up front. Oh wait, wait, wait! Five. I mean, middle three. Surely, who's your five? Johnson and Hunt. Johnson Hunt. Interesting. You you reach, Jeff. Go for it. Prove me wrong. You can put Mendez Lang over Hunt. I think you can play. Ooh. (laughs) That's where I was going. (sighs) Okay. Hunt's. I I mean, I get it, but Hunt's been so good this year. I don't know. So this is going to be the theme of this discussion: is yeah. who's who's fit and who do we have? We've seen in a while. So, um, so I'm, I just played that with our Hunt. I think it's a great season, but I would probably pick Menez Lang because he's going to probably score more goals. Okay. Uh, so that would be my choice. But I, I think we could play the coin either way. And you don't like Mendes Lang as a second striker? Not so much. No, uh, I think he's better on the wing. Um, because that also gives me two spaces for strikers I want to put in the squad, which is Windass and Gregory. Over Berahino. Yeah. Windass over Berahino. Interesting. We'll see there. So I would say Windass and Gregory, but that, that massive asterisk that we haven't seen Windass since the holidays. So yeah, but I think, have we seen, when was the last time we had Windass and Gregory out there together? Well, we've had like 20 minutes of nothing. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. I think you scored with us. <laughs> we yeah, haven't gotten exactly. to the back We'd three, which it. I think is an interesting discussion, too. Yeah. So, are you, so are you in Saito three. over Windus, by the way, you two? I, I think I'd play Saito. I think he's, he's in form Windus. right now. I think he offers a I little bit. Windus had those flashes where he came back in what, February and he scored. He came on for five minutes and scored. And then came, the next week, came on for five minutes and scored. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Then just yeah. use them off the bench. <laughs> there we go. Uh, All right, back three. All right, here's what, here's the curious thing about back three for me mm-hmm. is I kind of have these or situations where I want, I don't know. Uh, so story is in for me. I don't know if I want Iorfa or Dunkley. I'm gonna. See, I probably I'm gonna go completely... want Hunt. No, go I'm ahead. Gonna go I probably direction. want Hunch over Palmer. I probably want Hunch over Palmer, but I need the. There's like. The, the balance of stability versus not knowing what you're getting. I want I want Story Hutch and Palmer as my back three. Story Hutch and Palmer. Yes. Interesting. So Dunkley we, and the I are the no, best neither. we've played this year has been that as a back three, right? True. I mean, that we do concede a lot of head headed goals. The guy had. I understand that, and that is the trade off. But you know, Palmer and Hutchinson can both throw him forward. I think it allows him to play the overload a little bit better than you would with. I mean, I I can probably do that too. Although we haven't seen much from my yet. And obviously Harley Dean offers you a little bit more, uh, a little bit more steel on the back of that back three too, but I just haven't seen enough of him to be confident one way or the other. I hadn't even thought about him. Wow. No. I'm going story. Um, it is difficult this because the, you've got to, I do a great point with, um, with Palmer. We they seem to play very better. well together, right? Cause they've played a lot together this year. Yeah. But that we concede so many too from stupid, 
non-marking or not heading the ball. So I will go, <laughs> I'm going shithouses. I'm going Story, <laughs> Harley Dean, and Shay Dunkley. <laughs> wow. See, that makes me so nervous right there. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a lot of pace. <laughs> no, but I, the, I also just think about the experience of Hutch and Palmer yeah. not having any of them out there. I'm a, what can I say? I, I like well, that was mud, so good. I, like, I, I mean, like the problem like Hutch, Hutch can make a last stitch tackle when he's out there. He often has to make a last stitch tackle. So I guess that's uh, what do you want the trade off to be? Are we getting promoted this year? This is all for Mandy. No. I mean, I said we were going to win the league, so I guess I just have to double down, right? We'll go up to the. I this is like one of those things where if you get in, there's not really anyone in the playoffs that would scare me. But I also don't know. I don't know. These teams are not going to. So let's say they get the. Let's say they finish sixth and they draw MK Dons in the playoffs. Hypothetically. It doesn't really matter. This could be Wickham. It could be Plymouth. It could be whoever. They're not going to play like MK Dons played against them this year, right? They're going to set up differently, especially going to Hillsborough for the first leg. Um, so I think you do have to consider that. And there's a blueprint out there, as we said, and once they have to kind of figure out a way to get around that. Um, now, playoffs can be weird. A lot of weird things can happen. You know, four Brighton players can go off injured in the first hour. We know this. But, yeah, it's uh, you'd want to see a little more, right? If they had smashed Accrington and Chillingham the last week, You'd be like, all right, bring on whoever. But it is, uh, you know, it's a confidence game, as they say, and I don't think any of us are particularly confident in Wednesday right now. I am. No. I've right, got Mike, a, uh, Mike's I've predicting got a, we go up, so there you go. I've got a Wembley final against Rotherham, winning an extra time. <laughs> oh, oh man, absolutely just... Stressing me out just talking hideous, about it. Hideous, Yeah. <laughs> I, I think no. I think we're too inconsistent, and uh, it's it's going to be another heartbreaking playoff. Who will finish the season as our top scorer? Also from Andy. I think Gregory's got. I think it's going to be Gregory. He'll buy. He'll buy a couple more. I think he's got nine right now. Oh really? I hope Bannon. I had Bannon too. I think Bannon might finish top. He's got a. He's got to score a few more goals. I, I don't know if he can actually run down Gregory, but. How many far behind is he? I thought he's like. I think like it's nine of... and seven. Like that. Oh really? Okay. Oh, I can do something. I can. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Greg needs to be scoring every week at the moment. That would be ideal. Yeah. Um. So goals. Uh, actually, Bannon and Gregory are tied at eight. Cool. Well, I think it might be Bannon then. Mm. Patterson at six and Berahino at six. Berahino could rip off some too. Certainly capable of doing that. Uh, right behind him is Florian Cambieri. Barry Byers and Windass will have four. Will Wednesday yeah, actually get a double-digit scorer this week, this year? Time will tell. Moving on through the questions. Uh, I don't understand this question. It's from Ed Oakley Owl. Who is the best ever striker that did not finish top scorer in your season? Yeah, this is a confusing one. I assume he means like the best striker we think that but never they didn't actually lead the... all of the goals. <laughs> one thing that came to my mind when this, the other thing that came to my mind, this uh, thing is Guy Wissingham. 
Uh, and I don't know if Guy Wissingham ever finished top goal scorer for us, but he was a really good striker. Um, I mean, my default would be Eddie Newhue here, but I think he did actually lead uh, the team in goals that year. He finished with like 12 in the last 10 or whatever. Problem with this question, uh, what's his name? Sorry, Rob, Rob Poulter, <laughs> is that it requires a way more research than we're aware yeah, of to do. Also, <laughs> there is that, right? So we'll give you a feel of what we think might be the answer, but we're not bothered enough to go into the looking with the assume, actual finish. I assume Forestieri led in goals some year. Yeah, that's a good Ooh, one. I like yeah. Forestieri. Yeah. I don't know if he actually did or didn't offhand, but I feel like maybe his first season he actually. I think you got to rule out Fletcher. You got to rule out Hooper. So then Gary Hooper would be the answer to the question. I think Hooper. Uh... I think Hooper probably did finish top goal scorer one season. I mean, yeah. the 2016 mm-hmm. season. Like I say, I don't want to <laughs> open. I don't want to research well, this. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to Wikipedia. Oh, no. No. No, no one wants to hear that. I finished my sidecar. Nobody nobody ever wants to hear that. And so Forestieri did lead in goals in 2016-2017. That means Gary Hooper didn't. So can we choose Gary Hooper instead? Well, I'm going to go yeah. back to 2015-2016. Well, yeah, but wasn't he injured that entire okay, year? So actually, so Forestieri led in 2015-2016 and 2016-2017. Really? Yeah. 2017-2018 was Eddie Newhue. 2018-2019 was Fletch twice in 2019-2020. Ah, Josh Windass led last year. I probably would have gotten that if I thought about it. Uh, pretty too long. So yeah, I guess it's probably Gary Hooper. Yeah. Yep. Far and away. Some, some recency bias there, but... I think Guy Whittingham's a good call. Look around the 95 season. New Hugh also led in 2014-2015. Really? Yeah, yep. eight in the league, eleven in all competitions. Yeah, eleven. Yeah. Oh man, this is. You start going back, it's like, oh, Chris McGuire led the team in goals. Oh, it's totally March. We're doing Wikipedia. Michael Antonio. That year, I think he was actually hurt too. Uh, Gary Medine, the goal machine. That was the uh, promotion season. Neil Meller. There's a. There's a shout. He was the last 20 goal season yeah. striker we had, wasn't Now we're into the Marcus Tudgay era at this point. All right. That's the next question. I would just point out that... Uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> so, uh, 2000, I don't know, 2007, 2008 in the championship, they had the, 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 top, the top goal scorer in the league. It was a three-way tie between uh, Marcus Tudgay... Fionn Burton... Uh, Dion Burton, could you get the third one, Patty? It was a midfielder, but uh, Glenn Whelan. It was not Glenn Whelan. Who was it? It was Akba Soje, who had seven. They, all, they were all tied on seven, yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Seven. Incredible scenes. Dion Burton, Whelan was Steve McLean. All right, next question. Prairie yeah, Owl sorry, says... Yes, We're getting back into the Chris Brunt era now at this point. So, Prairie Owl says, how do you guys feel? I'm going to ask this to you guys because it's a different question to you guys than it is to me. Uh, Prairie Owl says, how do you guys feel going into the final window of World Cup qualifying? So, I mean, something you have to understand is that the, the hexagonal and the CONCACAF qualifying in general is set up so the United States men's national team will never miss a World Cup. <laughs> Yeah. Now, some stuff went wrong in the last uh, last qualifying cycle, um, prominently involving Bob Bradley for some reason, but and other people too. But 
uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to get in. They're going to get in probably in third or second and whatever. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I enjoy watching USA-Canada and USA-Mexico matches. And there's, there's a good buzz around the club right now in the USA club. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just funny because they're also like probably the, clearly the third best team in CONCACAF right now, which yeah, is particularly <laughs> great. Uh, so for those who don't know, CONCACAF, yeah. CONCACAF, you may think North America is a small region, but CONCACAF is... Canada, United States, Mexico, and then a bazillion yeah. island nations. Um, and yeah. Um, I mean, Costa Rica's had more recent World Cup success than right. the U.S. So. Yep. Yeah, I they're going to get in. This me, whatever. And Patty? Yeah. Yes, I can tell you that I'm still confident about England's World Cup chances, even though we're lying, uh, lying third right now. So give me your best 11 right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, thanks. <sighs> All right. We instead will just go to the Cheltenham preview. Um, I had no, like, I, I know they played Cheltenham away and I had no memory of this game, but it turns out it was, uh, besides after watching the highlights, besides being in the same League One 8,000 seat cramped stadium with a uh, know how to play area like right on top of the players every other away day in league one this year this was the game they should have broken the streak from coming behind on the road before they actually broke the streak this was the uh che dunkley double that was sandwiched in between two bad set piece goals so much has changed so little has changed Cheltenham are coming off a 2-0 loss to Plymouth, currently 12th in the table. They do create chances and score goals. Uh, Alfie May leads the line up front, 19 goals and 33 appearances. They're also bottom five in goals allowed. Uh, vulnerable to through balls and the counterattack. So it'll be a this will be a big game for the midfield three and the wings after two kind of mediocre performances the last two. This might be a time for them to... Uh, to impose himself a little more than they have in the past and create uh, scoring opportunities. You know, Cheltenham aren't going anywhere. I don't know if they're going to be as on the beach as Cambridge, but this should be a very winnable game. Uh, they play a 5-3-2. As you may remember from Justin's preview back in October, this is a, this is a spa town that is notable because a king once visited there. I mean, it was one of the Georges. But when I was doing a little cursory research, I did notice something that uh, spoke to me as someone with a with a film degree, the uh, Cheltenham College was the site of where uh, Lindsay Anderson's If was filmed, the 1969 Palme d'Or winner at Cannes, which is also notable for being Malcolm McDowell's breakout role. It's a really great, it's a satire of English public school in the late 60s. So it's a, it's a great movie. You should check it out. It's probably, it's probably on Criterion's Criterion Collection film. So you can go... To, uh, if you have the criterion Justin, screen. please come back soon. But also, Justin, yeah. please come back soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, we see this every week. Uh, the three points. Nothing less than three points is acceptable here. Definitely not. Mm. The only thing I know about Cheltenham is that uh, the week that we had five, the Wednesday had five players in the team of the week, they had four players in the team of the week. So, yeah. Who knows? I didn't notice. I thought Alfie I mean, May, points, I thought Alfie points, May might I mean. be Stevie May, but it wasn't Stevie May. It was Alfie May. Alfie May. Yep. Yeah. Patty, do we have any other business? A couple of things, Jeffrey. Um, just a reminder, we are now nine days away uh, from are, the yeah. away away in New York. National meetup. 
Uh, I spoke with someone in the Sheffield Star this week, so you should see us in Sheffield Star soon, hopefully. Um, and yeah, just uh, if you haven't, if you're still on the fence, if you're in America and you can get a quick flight or a quick drive, we'll be down for Buff Factory. Let us know you come in uh, through uh, sending us an email or a tweet or anything really, and we can make sure we've got enough space for everybody. That's it, really. Yeah. Oh, we've got one more thing for update wise. Um, you, you put the agenda together, <laughs> it's staring right there, so go ahead and read it. Everything on the way away. Moving on to my last update. Um, uh, Andy Fox got in touch with us on Twitter and just said he wants to wish everyone running the Sheffield Half Marathon this weekend loads of luck. Uh, lots of people running for good causes. Uh, so go out and Sheffield and cheer them on. Thanks, Andy. Go get it. You've been listening to episode 172 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesdays, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, I don't really have a question this week again. I'm, I'm kind of been slacking on this, if if I'm perfectly honest. But what is the one thing... This is a variation on the question I asked a few weeks ago. What is the one thing you're most looking forward to at OA Away? Oh, just seeing everybody. Oh, uh, you know, I've met Patty a, once. I know, I've met Patty once. I've met Paul answer, once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, yeah. What, what else is there? What else is there? Patty. I'm sorry, on New Twitter, York, New York Pizza. At Patty H. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, what else is there? What else is there? Good mm. question, actually. Um, uh, there's some good views to be had from the uh, rooftop we're going to on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. There's some good food to be had on the Friday night. There's some good cocktails to be had on the Friday night. Um, there's a lot of laughs. It's probably not a Wednesday win in it. That's mm. what's not going to happen, probably. We'll probably lose and then three goes down in the first 20 minutes like we were against Derby. Um but other than that, it's going to be a good crack. Mm. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and I am looking forward to whipping off it, whipping out a giant file folder of dingbats at the Friday night event. <laughs> say what you see, and we'll see you next week. 